from the All Indiana Podcast Network. This is Who's Got Next? Who's Got Next with Wish TV's Charlie Clifford. Now, here's Charlie Clifford. They outplayed us, outcoached us. Um, we'll learn from it. We'll get better. We'll pick ourselves up off the mat. It's early in the season. Obviously, uh, a very poor showing in every way. I've got to play better. Uh, there's there's no doubt about that. I think as a group, we all have to play better, too. We have to set a certain standard for ourselves. Every week, you know, we've got to show up and we've got to be ready to go. And, and in the first two weeks, we haven't done that. We're still learning each other. Um, this is a whole new team. Um, especially with Matt, too, as well. I feel like every single week we've been coming together a bit more and more as far as learning each other. But when it's time for us to put it all together, we have to make it work on Sunday. I mean, nobody's going out there, you know, to, to play like crap. You know what I'm saying? We're all trying to put our best out there. I mean, today we got outplayed. As a group, as a team, we need to, we need to like I said, we need to come in tomorrow and figure it out. I mean, playing simple got our today. Uh, Defense held together for us for the, you know the entire game. Um, couldn't couldn't uh, couldn't get first downs. You know, shot ourselves in the foot a bunch of different times. Um, I mean, we know what kind of talent we have in the team, so that's probably the most frustrating part of it all. We're pros. We are the best at what we do. We're experts at what we do, and we really got to come out here and be, play better. We let our coach down. We let the state of Indiana down, and it was honestly just embarrassing. That was courtesy of the Colts locker room on the Wish TV Gemco post game show. We will bring you live coverage of Frank Reich, Matt Ryan at the podium, and as many players that will talk to us in the locker room every game this season, home and on the road. Peter Hood is here, All Indiana Bets executive producer. Peter, destroy the tapes. Destroy all of the tapes. Every last piece of this film should never be seen again. What are you referring to? Did the Colts play yesterday? I didn't I didn't catch it. Can you fill me in? Where were you watching this game? I was watching it from right here in the uh, in the Wish TV studios in in the Lifestyle Live office actually, which which uh, is also the All Indiana Bets office. At what point did you believe that there was zero chance of a comeback? Um, because that's, that's something we all shared, I think, as a common experience watching that game yesterday. At what point did you fully give up? When, when James Robinson, when, when, when the, the right side, I don't remember if it was the right or the left side of the Colts offensive line, got moved back about seven or eight yards. Defensive about the, line. Defensive yes. line, sorry. About the 40-yard line. And James Robinson came bursting through a gigantic hole, and the Colts missed about four tackles as he danced his way to the end zone to make it a 14 nothing game. I think when I saw that, that, that was the moment where it clicked for me. Like, oh, these, these dudes actually didn't show up today, which is... It's unheard of under Frank Reich, really, dating back to... I think you have to go back to the Monday night game in New Orleans, in New Orleans. 2019. Yep. Jacoby Brissett, poor Brissett trying to get some decent film to catch another job and they just get rolled by the saints drew Brees broke one of the all-time records i think it was completions um i mean that's that's the only thing you can compare yesterday to and at least in that situation you were facing a really good team and granted jacksonville is probably better than most people were giving them credit for coming into the year yes um i think doug peterson is is going to turn that team especially with trevor lawrence at the helm over the next few years they're going to be a problem they're They're going to be good they are absolutely going to be a problem um so jacksonville jacksonville's fine but 
that, at least with the Saints game, you felt like, okay, clearly they're overmatched here, right? That was the Jacoby Brissett Week year. Week 15, the season's over. Right. There's nothing right. to play for. And, and Zero. The, the Saints were rolling at that point. So I think you, you maybe felt at least a little bit better about that. Um, this was totally. this it's was totally t- different situation. This was to me, it was a it was a carbon copy almost of last year's Jacksonville game. It it was just a, it was a no show. I mean, you're 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 watching this happen on you're watching it unfold, and you're wondering how do you not show up in this situation? I mean, last year we know the playoffs were on the line. This year, you you take into account what happened last year, combined with coming off of a of a, a mediocre at best week one performance. You got Kansas City coming to town next week, and you're just struggling. What's that to f- early line, by the way? To great that question. Out of the way. That's a great question. Let we'll me, get that I, to you here yeah. in a minute. Uh, it it would have to be after that performance if Kansas City Touchdown. isn't laying at least. Well, they're on the road. Five and Ve- a half. Vegas isn't big on overreactions usually, so they're they're pretty measured at six and a half. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. This is insane. That's. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not advocating you to put put the mortgage on the Colts no. but six and a half that's a lot of points we can talk more about that game later but it you just you're baffled at at how in that situation you can come out looking that flat that unprepared that disorganized it's G- mind-boggling Jim Irsay declined to comment post game uh we were not granted access there um what do you think uh those meetings are like on 56th street today if they're being I am at- in the camp that Everyone just showed back up to work, and it was almost one of those, does something really need to be said? You had that meeting coming off of last year. I think, I mean, obviously, if the owner calls it his office, you got to show up, but what's to be said? I mean, there's no no life jackets rolling in here on an extra rowboat. Yeah, you're rolling everyone on Colts Twitter. I saw you tweet, you know, fire Franks trending. trending. I get it. Yeah. Okay, great. There's no, there's no fix here. You have your team. You have your coaches. The time for changes has come and gone. And granted, it wasn't warranted coming off last season. Um, there's no, there's no escape button here. You're in this. Yeah. And you're rolling. For at least, I think, the next month. And then you can really assess about how you want to play out the rest of the season. That's why I'm curious. I, I tweeted out a, a poll yesterday after in the, in the aftermath of that catastrophe that, that we witnessed uh, in Jacksonville. And I asked, who, who is more to blame for, for what we witnessed? Frank Reich, Chris Ballard, or 50-50? The results of the poll, 54% Reich. 42% 50-50, Chris Ballard. Wow. And to me, 4%. I I don't know about you. I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I I put this more on Ballard than I do Reich. I mean, Frank Reich yesterday went into a game where his number 1 receiver on the depth chart was Paris Campbell, a guy who has not been able to stay on the field throughout the course of his NFL career and quite frankly, you look at his numbers when he has stayed on the field, and, and, and he just has not produced at a level that would give you any confidence. And let me quickly illustrate what Campbell's done this season in 114 snaps, six targets, three catches. Right. Okay. So that's, that's the number one receiver on your depth chart. The number one pass-catching tight end on your depth chart is Kylan Granson, I guess. Maybe it's Mo Cox. Either way, n- neither are, are proven 
you know, tight ends at the NFL. Obviously, we've seen Mo Ali Cox play um, a, a, a somewhat significant role, I guess, but he's not a guy who, who's catching a lot of balls. There's nothing to analyze there. here. There's right. nothing to analyze here. The snap counts between these two, Pete, through two weeks, identical 54% for each. Yep. In week one and week two, that just spells out for you we don't have a guy. So you, you We've got two, but we don't have a guy. You don't have a legitimate pass-catching threat at tight end. Your number one receiver on the depth chart, which granted, obviously we know Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce didn't play. You're relying on those guys to be out there. I get it. But even if Alec Pierce had been out there, you don't, you don't have a, a proven target for Matt Ryan to throw to. And then you add on the fact that, listen, we knew left every, – everybody in this, in this media market, yourself included – Number one concern going into the season, even above wide receiver, was left tackle. Did we all know that that was a concern and Chris Ballard didn't? I mean, did did it, it seemed like he was just fine handing the keys to Matt Pryor without any hesitation at all. Maybe they did look into left tackles in the offseason and they didn't find one in the market that they liked. Surely they did. But I, And I'm with you. I don't know... I don't know where what to put on that right now. You don't have infinite funds to acquire a cornerstone left tackle when you've paid Braden Smith at right tackle to be the best in the league. For me, we said it last week, Pete, I was equally as, you know, I think Smith gets just as much of the blame. The right side was no better than the left when Josh Allen was approaching from that that side. 100%. It's – and to briefly – get off of left tackle here week one Matt Pryor plays hang on here plays uh 87 percent of the snaps week two he's down to 70 so Bernard Ryman did get more run yep. by a significant margin now I need to update you Ryman and I'm not sure if this was mentioned post game by Frank Reich but he has some sort of a lower body issue uh, it looked as if he was getting a separate examination after that game, and he was not moving well heading to the locker room post game. I can tell you that heading into week three. So we're, we're, let's say worst case scenario, he's out next week. You just gonna run Matt Pryor back out there at left tackle and cross your fingers. You got you got George Karloftis coming off the edge. You got Carlos Dunlap coming off the edge there for Kansas City. Just just pray, I guess, right that. Uh, that, that, that the left tackle situation resolves itself? Because that, that's kind of what it seems like Ballard did, both with the, the left tackle situation, the wide receiver situation. You're getting into I, my I, theories here that I wrote down on the way back. We, you know, we Let's talk about them. Not enough playmakers outside of MPJ. That was a theory this summer. Colts front line, when they don't win, this team doesn't win, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Frank Reich's magic, is it wearing off? How many times can you pull magic out of your hat after a slow start? And the worst of them all, is the talent simply on this roster mediocre? Or is this a middling team that maybe overachieved last year, maybe slightly overachieved with Phillip Rivers, and now has peaked and will regress? All very valid questions. I think that final one is is the elephant in the room. I think I think that's really what you're what you're left asking yourself at this point cuz cuz Frank Reich was asked after the game about motivation and and he he clearly said 
There's no motivation issue. We had a great week of practice. Our guys were as focused as they've ever, as they've ever been. Okay, so if you're not motivated and you come out looking that flat and, again, that unprepared, then, then what is it? I mean, it, it, it's either a lack of talent or a lack of motivation. It's got to it's be one or the two or a combination of both. And every player added to this roster for the last five years has been the number one box has been character first. Right. And they've proven, we see it, great people. Great, great people. And to come back like you did multiple times under Reich, you need high character because you can't have guys quit and form cliques of guys who are checked out and others who aren't. So they've checked that box. Uh, so that would lean towards the talent discrepancy. Uh, the, the jokes about Houston and Jacksonville around this town for the last two decades have caught up with the Indianapolis Colts. Jaguars look like a better football team. <laughs> I, I mean, they, they just look like a more talented football team out there. I don't see putting Michael Pittman Jr. on that field how that game is any different. It's it's certainly not a shutout, but you know that defense without Shaq Leonard, it's it's like T. Y. Hilton back in the day when the offense didn't have him. I mean, there's just there, you do not recognize the unit without him. Yeah, I mean, the, you see it between plays, looking at each other, just a bunch of guys standing around. Yeah, I mean, there is no. There is no aggressive nature. They are they are in reaction mode when he's not out there. I just what, what's maddening to me defensively is is you know I think maybe we didn't know how good we had it with with Matt Eberflus. I mean you you look you look at at what he did from a defensive standpoint. They were top half of the league pretty much every year he was here. They had a top ten unit for for much of the 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 the, the, the time he was here as defensive coordinator. Gus Bradley comes in. Everybody's all excited. You know, we're, we're going to see a different scheme. But this scheme, to me, looks looks almost identical to the one we saw. I mean, I know that, you know, there's more cover three played with Bradley as opposed to maybe some more cover two with Eberflus. But it seems like yesterday we saw a lot of soft coverage, off coverage, zone coverage. Lawrence able to get in a rhythm early. It was Minshew 2.0 and, and in the 2020 Open. We knew this. All you had to do was do a little bit of research before the season to find out Gus Bradley blitzed last year less than any defensive coordinator in the league. He doesn't blitz. It's not part of his DNA. So you have to be able to win up front with a four-man rush. And Yannick Ngakwe, baby, where you at, man? I mean, $8 million a year. You trade for this guy to come here and 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 be the guy who can who can get after the the, the passer. Um, Quiddy Pay also, I think, I mean, had a great week one. Obviously, at least late in the game, but that's what this league comes two, down to: two QB hits to eleven for the yes. Jacks, two to eleven, and and five sacks to none. I believe yes. was the was the that's how that, that's that's what this game to me comes down to, and that's that's what winning and losing in this league comes down to. Can you make the opposing quarterback uncomfortable? And can you keep your quarterback comfortable? Matt Ryan was was uncomfortable from the start yesterday, and Trevor Lawrence looked like he was he was having a picnic out there. I mean, I don't I don't even know if Ngakwe has sniffed the quarterback through two weeks. He, he had might one have one hit, hit. One he hit. Had one quarterback hit early in the game, and that's been it. It's funny you mentioned no blitzing because the one memorable play from this unit through two weeks has been EJ Speed on a weak side blitz. Right, Pete. I think it was. Arguably the worst performance in the trenches under Frank Reich. You would literally have to go back to his first month as a head coach. Andrew Luck's coming back. They lose the opener Cincinnati. 
They start one and five, lose the Jets. They got absolutely thrashed that game. Luck's running for his life. People are running on the Colts. I mean, that would be the only tape that stacks up to what you saw Sunday. And it's crazy. And, and after all of this adding on both sides of the line, which has been prioritized over skill positions and anything on the outside on defense. And what's alarming is the amount of money, the, the amount of resources that you've put into building those offensive and defensive lines. I mean, the, the Colts offensive line, I believe at this point, is the most expensive in the league when you add up the salaries of everybody across, especially now that Quentin Nelson got, got his money. in the top echelon. We, we know it isn't the top. We know DeForest Buckner is well-paid. Yannick Ngakwe is getting paid a nice amount of cash. So you've invested. I think that's what's frustrating and, and, and maddening about this situation is you've, you've invested in the offensive line. You've invested in the, def, in the defensive line. Chris Ballard has always said we're going to build from within. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, uh, prioritize the trenches first. And I think that's why you see the lack of offensive weaponry on this team because they've, they've just invested so much in the trenches. And, and to see them not only struggle – in that aspect, but to get embarrassed. The Jaguars' defensive line, Charlie, let me remind you, first week of the season against the Commanders, who were missing their best pass rusher in Chase Young, they gave up, I think, 11 quarterback hits and five sacks against the Commanders. The worst offensive grade, worst offensive line grade in the league by Pro Football Focus week one, and the Colts couldn't touch. Lowest pressure rate of Lawrence's career. Couldn't touch him. Couldn't touch him in week two. That might be the most alarming thing that that I haven't heard with that new perspective. I thought we have uncovered everything, but that that stands out, man. And then from an offensive standpoint, I mean, Washington drove the ball pretty it's much up and down number. the field on, on Jacksonville's defense, right? I mean, explosive plays. They yeah. had several... Long explosive plays against that that Jaguars, uh, or excuse me, yeah, the Jaguars defense. The Commanders did. Carson Wentz looked pretty good. And granted, they've got Terry McLaurin and they've got Curtis Samuel and they've got Jahan Dotson. But guess what? They drafted those guys. They've developed those guys. They signed Samuel, um, who is a, a veteran proven receiver in this league. And you see the result. Um, so it's I, great it's, perspective. It's 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 baffling. It really is, um, and and I think it's it's really. I mean, it's it's concerning moving forward because, like you said, where where do you go to fix it at this point? You kind of you kind of you kind of got what you got. You're at where you're at, and and you're counting on dominating in the trenches. Uh, trenches essentially in this team, you you got to be great from from an offensive line standpoint. Charlie, they couldn't run the ball yesterday either. Couldn't, no. couldn't run and the ball on first and second down with the no. best running back in the league. That was very prevalent. Um, let's get into snap counts here to start on offense from these playmakers. Okay, Michael Pittman Jr. out of the picture yesterday, so we knew a bunch of these numbers were going to jump. Mike Strawn goes from playing 12% of the snaps week one to 70% in week two. I thought Strawn's catch down the sideline. Again, we're seeing flashes of, okay, there's something there. Right. Uh, he had a bad penalty, not getting set in the formation. So there's still, there's still mistakes, but at least you're seeing some some ceiling there, some flashes. As we mentioned, Paris Campbell, eighty six percent of the snaps, two targets, no catches. Naheem Hines, who on the opening drive, I was flying back this morning. Colts fans coming back, you know, 
just flat out saying I've never been to a sporting event where I've had nothing to cheer for. You know, three and a half, four hours I've been there. I said, well, you had the coin toss. Yeah, well, won that one. The first few plays were good. Were you great. Hit, you hit Hines over the middle. You convert a third down. You're thinking, okay. You've waited three and a half years to see the fastest player on offense, you know, in the slot, in space, clear everybody out. Yeah. Little fake out, come in, boom, 12-yard hitch, 22-yard gain. Had another catch on that drive. Naheem Hines, I think after that first drive, only played nine additional snaps. He played 15 snaps. 30% of the total snaps, which is actually more than he had played week one. He played 28% week one. Um, that is astonishing. You, you have no one out here doing anything. Yeah. After that third drive, if you were assessing, okay, what's worked so far, the only thing in that box would have been Naheem Hines. Yeah. And, and you and I were talking before we started this. The, the only thing to me that can explain him not playing – a, a more significant snap count is, is just the fact that you can't rely on him as a as a blocker, right, right, when they're running the football. But, I mean, you look at it yesterday, they threw it 30 times and they ran it 13. So you, you threw it on 66% of your snaps or 43 more. 43 plays. Right. And they had, I think, 90 plays week one. I, I'm wondering, too, um, if, if maybe they feel like Hines and Campbell can't be on the field together or they don't want to put them on the field together because they're kind of the same, you know, they're both kind of slot guys. Um, and so that's why you only see what, – what was, what was Campbell's snap? Campbell played 86% of the snaps. Yeah. So, I, so they were out there together a little bit. Sure. Yeah. It, that would have some overlap. Um, Ashton Doolin goes from 35% of the snaps to 64. We've touched on the tight ends. Mo, Mo Ali Cox, Kylan Granson playing essentially the same amount of snaps. Uh, Ryman gets the promotion a little bit, but that's an injury story to keep an eye on this week. I, you know, Des Patman had the the most glaring drop of the game. Yep. Um, on a third down play that really, let's see, uh, at what point? That led to that field goal to make it 17 nothing before the half. Yeah, late in the second quarter. So yep. that that really, you know, put a stamp on the worst half of football um, and they, under they, Frank Wright. They only had, I think, five penalties for the game, but doesn't it seem like they just have the worst timed penalties in terms of setting themselves back uh, on offensive drives? That's what it felt like to me. It was like every time they had a penalty – it came in the worst situation where you felt like maybe they yeah, were going to get something going. Harris Campbell, the one thing he did do was have a, a holding call down the field on a right nice pass or pass, pass interference. Granson, yeah, yeah yep. which negated that. So there, there's some evidence in that department. I thought Ryan's first pick that was like put one tally in the old man Rivers throw department. Right, just I'm going to heave this. I'm going to guess you're going to be there. I have no idea what what was intended with that throw. I mean, that was, yeah, I, it, it seemed to me watching it terrible. back. I mean, obviously I, you know, I, I don't know what he was seeing on that play, but it seemed like maybe a, a safety or a corner fell off of, cause that the, the, the guy who made the interception, I'm forgetting his name came out of nowhere to make the play. Ryan did kind of float it a little bit. I mean, and it, there but, was no one in the vicinity. Well, do I think it he almost was, looked like he was trying to throw it away. It was almost it was that or it was like a, a 50-50 ball. He thought Doolin was one-on-one and was going to give him a chance to go up and get it. Maybe he thought he saw the corner's head turned and I'm just going to give give my guy a shot here. And obviously he floats it. The guy comes out of nowhere and makes the play. Um, but that was clearly on him. I don't think 
I, I would say in terms of blame for yesterday, I would put very little on Matt Ryan's shoulders. I mean, I, I think he, he went into that game with, with one hand tied behind his back and a blindfold on. I mean, when, you got, when you've got that receiving core and that offensive line Still protecting you. Still the inability you. to find quick, short passes and yeah. just build drives. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, I mean <laughs> – Play action stuff. You still have Jonathan Taylor to run play action with. Whatever, switching back to the defensive side of the ball real quick for the Colts, whatever Trevor Lawrence and the Jags wanted. To me, Doug Peterson clowned Gus Bradley yesterday oh. for, for four quarters. I mean, absolutely clowned him up and down the field. The Jaguars got whatever they wanted. I mean, I've never seen a Eight team. of eight, first drive, 15 plays, eight of eight. You had the 12-play drive to start the second half. The two eight-minute drive. I think the one was nine minutes and one was eight minutes. I mean, whatever they wanted, RPO, Third zone down. read. Fourth down. Lawrence getting getting outside the pocket on the, on the bootleg, inside, outside. They got whatever they wanted offensively. I, I had this start, too. I don't think I've seen the defensive line with that of an effort from a discipline standpoint. Yeah. Every boot. They bit on every boot. Everyone. Screen, any, screen, screen plays. Every screen play for the Jaguars. If the lineman's going to let you run straight through, that should tip you off that this was intended for you to burst through the line, dump off Ingram, whatever, Robinson, boom. They had to average 12. 15 yards of play on screen plays. I mean, it was it was incredible it looked um, like the Colts last year, like against the Jets on yeah. Thursday, and like this is had them totally off balance. A joke almost, and this and is you too easy. you knew going into the game that you had to make Trevor Lawrence a pocket passer. That's like objective number one: is keep this guy in the pocket. Yeah, make, make him, him think and wait. Make and him make real right. NFL throws. Like the Blackman throw, right? Like could have been a pick. Good exactly. effort. Probably should have been a pick, but there was a situation where no one was open in the first two and a half seconds. So Trevor Lawrence had to process, and he heaved one, yeah. had way too much air under it, and Blackman had plenty of time to get over it. It was the same thing as, as January. It was like they learned nothing from that tape because it was the same thing where he was getting outside the pocket, yeah. and when he's yep. he's most comfortable when he's on the run and he's able to, to, to yeah. read the defense that way and he's got, he takes away one side of the field, that's where he's at his best. And they did about the worst job they possibly could have at executing that part of the game plan. And obviously they paid for it. I mean, clearly this dude was the number one pick for a reason. So if you allow him to get comfortable, if you allow him to get in his element, we know he can be inconsistent, but you have to force him to to be inconsistent. He's not going to do it by himself. Anybody in the NFL, when it becomes a seven-on-seven drill, Gardner Minshew did this in the opener in 20. I mean, 19 to 20. Uh, Lawrence started 23 to 27. I don't know what he finished. For me, it's funny. We started, you know, when did you feel like this is just snowballing? I thought it was that play before the Robinson run. Had Jacksonville first and 20 after a holding call, still in their own territory. Um, and quickly, it was one of those same thing. Rollouts, Kirk, 22 yards first down, just like that. Next play, Robinson through the line. Franklin whiffs. McLeod or Blackman whiffs and 14 nothing. Uh, Patman drop field goal 17 nothing. Come out of halftime 12 plays touchdown game over. And the, the tackling too oh. abysmal for much of that game. I mean the, the the scheme I think was the bigger problem, but but the but the amount of missed tackles uh, that that they missed, especially on third down it seemed like there were multiple opportunities to get off the field if they can just make a play and and keep the guy from getting to the sticks. 
Um, I think Stephon Gilmore had one over on the sideline that that's popping into my head right now. But Okereke had one early. Yeah, you know, I think Speed got in the backfield once. Um, Buckner completely silent. Yep. Uh, Stewart maybe had one. Pay had back-to-back tackles on one series. In Gakwe, outside of the quarterback hit, nothing that stands out. Franklin, nothing that stands out. Uh, Nick Cross, defensively, a significant reduction in playing time. Went from playing every snap in his debut to only playing 65% of the snaps. Rodney McLeod yep. playing nearly 50% of the game after playing 3% in week one. That tells you that Cross wasn't ready. Right. Um, I don't know why. That didn't happen when we were looking down from the press box towards the end of week one, and, and clearly, you know, we're trying to figure out who's covering who. Two, right. two seconds. Look, it's week two. Um, I think a fair point is if you were to take Josh Allen and Kirk off the Jags and put Leonard and Pittman back on the Colts. Sure. But. That's the NFL, man. I mean, you're going to yeah. have games where you're where some of your best players aren't yeah. out there. Deal with it. Find a way to be competitive at yeah. least. I think if, yeah. if the Colts had gone it's down the there yesterday. It's the nature of the performance. Exactly. If the Colts had gone down there yesterday and and looked like a real football team, had had battled to yeah. the wire, and they and it comes down to a last-second field goal and they lose, you can swallow that. You, you, you can say, okay, you're missing Pittman, you're missing Leonard, you're missing Pierce, you know, get, get healthy and you'll be. They didn't look like they cared. I mean, I think I think I said last week that if they go down there to Jacksonville and look flat after you know after last year's performance and after the Week One performance, you have to question this team's competitive character. And I I at this point am questioning it. I mean, how how much how much do you really care if that's what you're putting on the field in that situation? Across America, BP supports more than two hundred and seventy-five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I think that's a fair point, and the only silver lining of this is since it was so bad, your only hope as a Colt fan is that this can somehow expedite the crumpling up of what the original plan was and starting fresh. Um, Offensively, there was enough in that second half to build off of, specifically in the play-action game, where I think you don't have to scrap everything, and let's face it, from a running standpoint, I mean, 
if Jonathan Taylor is going to be taken away to right. that degree, you've got no chance. Can, no, she can wrap the rest of this conversation. Yep. But I think at least from a pass rush standpoint, defensively, you can say through two games, you've had everyone healthy on that unit, that uh, that doesn't work. So yeah, that's either Gus Bradley's going to give and say, you know what? I'm cool blitzing because these four can't get home. He's not going to. I mean, he, it's just not him. It's not his DNA. They didn't do it in Seattle when he was there. That team was dominant because they had they could play you one on one. They had great corners, and, and, and they, you know what? And they could they could with a four man rush, they could get to the passer like that. That's how his defense is built. And last year in in Vegas, he had Yannick Ngakwe and one, on one side. Granted, he's here. I don't know if Crosby. he's actually here right now. And he had Max Crosby yeah. on the other side. And they were able to win a lot of times with a with a standard four man rush. Jonathan Hankins in the middle, right? So, I don't at this point. I mean, they they say it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. I don't think Gus Bradley's changing how he's approaching things. I think he is who he is at this point, and and the Colts are just gonna have to find a way up front to start winning and start getting some pressure on the quarterback. And guess what? If they don't do it this week, if if they put forth that same effort. From a defensive line standpoint, this week, and they let Patrick Mahomes run all over the field. You thought Trevor Lawrence had a field day. Patrick Mahomes is going to come in here and throw for 505 touchdowns. Shaq Leonard went through a warm up yesterday, which was different. He didn't do anything in Houston. I think he got treatment. Uh, yeah. But he was out there moving, running, uh, looking, you know, I don't know, how as good as you can in a, in a jogging, sprinting type warm up deal. I wonder, you know, does this expedite his return? Was is he re- You know, is this a now where hey, if you can give us thirty snaps, right? We now we need you. Well, it, or <laughs> do you approach Kansas City, which they would never admit this publicly? Give Shaq another week. <laughs> yeah, are we going to throw him out yeah. there and roll the dice, knowing that this is going to be a minor miracle to be in this game in the fourth quarter? Uh, depending on Michael Pittman's availability, I don't, you know, at some point it feels almost like, did you learn something from the Wentz loss last year in Tennessee, coincidentally week three, Mm -hmm. where you put out a quarterback who had no business playing, who didn't give you a chance to win the game in his state, you know, is that worth doing for your other stars? He's he's got to be close, right? I mean, he practiced. Correct me if I'm wrong. He practiced fully weeks, full practice participant last week, all three days, right? If I'm if I'm remembering correctly, yes. So he's he's got to be getting close, Um, close to double digit practice right sessions. It it would it. I mean, I thought he'd be back for Jacksonville. Quite honestly, I was kind of surprised to see him as an inactive. Um, I just don't. I don't get the sense that they're on the goal line yet with this. You think it, it could be another week or I so? Don't, I don't know. I just there's something there's something that isn't adding up, and I don't know if it's can he not like run full speed? Like, is it yeah. just is it so glaring that like you don't want to even? I don't know. There's something that doesn't that doesn't add up right it's now. Concerning, obviously, because. You need him back from a couple standpoints. One, just the emotional. He is the juice on that mm-hmm. defense. I mean, they've looked listless really through two weeks. Um, 
and, and just from a, a leadership standpoint, I think you need him out there. But also, he's I mean, he is the big play creator. I mean, we we yeah. zero turnovers for for Jacksonville best yesterday. In the, best in the business. Who knows if he's out there? You never know. He, he punches a ball or two out yep. and it changes the whole game. You're right. Um, so obviously you, you need Leonard back as as quickly as possible. What what's your feeling on the Pittman situation? I mean, I, it seems like from from what Frank Reich is saying publicly, they don't sound too concerned. How do you read that? Is that oh, it? Could that I be mean, a potential lingering season-long issue? I don't know. It's story of the week. You know, um, it sounds like this popped up Wednesday, and everyone was looking at each other, saying, "How you know? How could this have happened between the game ending and practice starting? You know, was yeah. it just a, a strain that you know?" I, I don't, some sort of a strain it sounds like that came out of that Houston game but didn't wasn't immediately felt so and they went in late in the week I mean I think there was belief that he was going to play and for him to not even travel down there to go through a warm-up I very think tells you that yep that was getting worse as the week was going on as opposed to getting better because it I mean, it's not uncommon for guys to travel, go through a pregame warm-up, and then make a decision to not even get to that point uh, would be a concerning, very concerning development yeah. in that story. Yeah, and obviously, Alec Pierce. I mean, you, you never know if he he did travel and go through a warm-up, right? But you're right with you're the like, concussion. It's you just don't totally know. up to the doctors. Yeah. So they're at where they're at. I mean, there's no guarantee any of those guys are going to be on the field this week. I think best case scenario, you get through week five, two, two, and one. I think that's what you're praying. So they got they got Tennessee after Kansas City, and then they're in Denver, right? Correct. Boy, two, I, two, and one would be that. That'd be I like a miracle. Your, well, I'm saying that's your best case scenario. Absolutely. I don't see. Yeah. You know that which would give you a runway to then um, get through what is a much tougher slate. Than you saw last year, and certainly than anything Philip Rivers saw in 2020, um, and a tougher slate than Andrew Luck led on the one and five team to get back and in, into the playoffs and get a win. I mean this this is the steepest mountain they'll have to to summit. Yeah, I mean, and um, we talked about the schedule. It, it I, gets, I think it's. I just don't see any way to refute that evidence yeah i mean this was this was where they had to make their hay right early everybody talked about coming in division early yep you got you got time to win the south two easiest teams in the division you get off to a 2-0 start if you beat kansas city that's a bonus and then you get tennessee who obviously lost a lot last year i mean people people around here were were thinking 4-0 going to denver at the very worst 3-1 and and now you're looking at 0-3-1 potentially going to denver or or 1-2-1 um, and, and obviously we know it doesn't get any easier. I mean, uh, you look at their schedule, obviously, you, you know, Dallas loses Dak Prescott. Will he be back at that point? You don't know. You can look down the road and try to guess uh, what that game is going to look like. And, and there are some others that, that are winnable, but also if that's how you're looking against the Jags, well, and, and it doesn't get easier. For seven of the eight quarters, the way you played, you are not beating anyone in the National Football League. There's just no, no there, you're not. No shot. And it's um, – that's what you're left with after two weeks, which is, you know, for Colts fans, that's the toughest thing to swallow for seven of eight quarters. It's been it's been a mess. Let me ask you this. 
and I, I want to preface it by saying I'm never going to advocate for anybody to lose their job. Like I'm, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna be the guy that says fire this guy, fire that guy, because um, at the end of the day, these are human beings. They have families, um, and I think we have to keep that in perspective as well. But at the same time, I do think it's fair to ask the question based on the performance we saw yesterday, based on how, how we know for a fact how angry Jim Irsay was after the way they looked in Jacksonville last mm-hmm. year, and now to get off to this start this season, you think there's any possibility at all that in a couple hours we could get a breaking news no, alert? Zero. None. 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 It's, this is a, a vision that Ursay had as he's told the story multiple times sitting at the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction two summers ago when Peyton Manning went in, seeing the Steelers, seeing the Raiders, seeing the legend and tradition of, you know, the conversation that the Colts are in of the most prideful organizations in the National Football League and the consistency they've had at the top of those organizations throughout decades, specifically in Pittsburgh. He he is rolling with Frank and Chris, and I'm in the camp that, you know, I don't see him walking that back unless this gets significantly worse. Right. I don't he's significantly worse. I don't I can't recall obviously I've only been That's alive. That's my opinion. I've only been alive since 1995, so I don't I don't know off the top of my head. I don't think he's ever fired anybody middle of the season or say at least not that I can not that I can recall. I mean even Jim Caldwell the year they went 2 and 14 or whatever it was, he waited till the end of the year to to there, move on there. There have been a couple of mid you know interim head coaches um, and I just jotted some of this stuff down, but I don't know if Jim was technically in, in ownership of the team, right. which is what you're alluding to. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, a loyal guy. We know that. I mean, we, we know that, mm-hmm. he, and we know he thinks very highly of Chris Ballard and Frank Reich. Obviously, he gave him extensions. For, yep, when for good reason. Maybe, you know, people out there were questioning, you know, was it deserved? So he, he believes in these guys mm-hmm. at a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's... After that, man, he's got to be questioning, right? I'm, I'm not saying he's thinking about moving on, but there's got to be part of him that's questioning everything at this point when you look at, at what they put on the field yesterday. Yes. I know I would be. Yes. If I were the owner of that team, I, I, would, I would be like, now, is, is, this, is, this really, is this really what I'm, what I'm getting six years into this you know, regime? The, the only step forward, at the, you know, the next domino to fall would be, that type of a feeling or performance after a game where you have Michael Pittman Jr. and, and Shaq Leonard. Right. That would be the next yeah. kind of step in that that situation. But look, um, <laughs> I mean, what's your plan going into Kansas City? We're going to do the preview podcast Pray. midweek. We're just going to form a just, big prayer circle. It, it just get into halftime within yeah. a score. Ten points. I say we I mean, all. That, that would be that would be a good. That'd be a great good goal. Great yeah. goal. I, I say we all meet up Sunday morning, <laughs> around the 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 circle, uh, at the Monument Circle, <laughs> and we just all hold hands and we pray. I think that's that's the only thing left to do at this point. Peter Hood, all Indiana bets. We will see you midweek with a Chiefs Colts Week Three preview, and I know all of you are hoping this is 
the low water mark 2022 for the Colts be a heck of a comeback story if they can write it good news is can only get better you can't get any worse after that so this <laughs> you, you would think hopefully hopefully you can't get any worse strong wooden table here we're using in the all indiana podcast network studio we'll see you in the middle of the week thought about podcasting the all indiana podcast network can help you create produce and distribute your podcast for businesses churches organizations or just for fun get the details when you email contact at all Thank you to Peter Hood. We will see you in the middle of the week for the Kansas City Week 3 preview with a special guest that covers the Chiefs. Until then, please catch our coverage on Wish TV and wishtv.com. Appreciate you coming on the road with us all year long, every weekend, every game, all season, through thick and thin. We'll see you later this week. Check out more podcasts from the All Indiana Podcast Network now at allindianapodcastnetwork.com. All.